I haven't even set up email accounts on my Mac yet. Can you believe that? Congratulations. <laughs> well, because I've decided I'm not doing email anymore. Send me a letter. You, you've declared uh, email bankruptcy? I've declared a war on email. Welcome to Make Before Break, a podcast about the struggle in doing meaningful work. I'm Angelo, a uh, web developer and sometimes iOS developer. And I'm Frank, an iOS developer and sometimes web developer. How's it going, Angelo? It's going pretty well. Pretty well. I have my Mac back. Um, And I'm thinking like we can do a little bit of a follow-up episode because I was super grumpy last time. (laughs) You were like, screw this. I'm going to farm potatoes. Uh, well, you know, I then I realized that that's not compatible with my low-carb diet. And so here we are, back for another episode. Um, so, yeah. Tell us exactly what happened with your MacBook. Well, uh, what happened with the MacBook is that usually it lives on a laptop stand here in my office. And I don't move, move it around too much, you know. But every so often, I'll take it out and I'll use it at a coffee shop or on another table or whatever. And I did exactly that. I sat it down on a table and like, huh, this table is kind of wobbly as I'm trying to type. So I moved to another table. Huh, same issue. And it turns out it wasn't the table. The bottom of my MacBook Pro had started bulging out because of a swollen battery Plot twist. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so I ended up having to bring it into the Apple store. And uh, as this is my main work machine, you know, there's all the things that you got to do to be able to continue to work in the meanwhile. Um, mm. I don't have another Mac here that I can work from, but I do have a Windows machine. So, uh, and I because feel for most. You. Sorry? I feel for you. No, it's fine. Windows is okay. Like, especially with. Um, you know, being able to install uh, Git Bash and stuff like that. And since most of my work is done in the browser, it's not that big oh. a deal. Um, so I brought, I took a backup of the machine. I uh, then, you know, just in an abundance of caution, probably an overabundance, I wiped it and brought it into the uh, store and they took a look at it and said, yeah, that's, uh, that's an issue. So we're going to replace the top case of the, um, the, the, the computer itself. So that's the keyboard Mm. and the battery, which is basically all one part. Yeah. So all that is new and on the verge of exploding. Well, yeah, I mean, the, um, the risk isn't so much that it's going to, you know, halt and catch fire, but rather, uh, the battery might start leaking and then destroy all the components on the logic board. And then it's mm. a much, much bigger repair. And the surrounding ecosystem. And the surrounding ecosystem. Exactly. The birds and the squirrels. And... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So it just burns a hole right through to the center of the earth. <laughs> uh, so uh, it took them about a week, a little over a week. But, you know, Monday was a holiday, so... We'll give them that one uh, to get that all sorted out and back to me. And so now I'm sitting here recording with this Mac that is, you know what, like 
tabula rasa. There's, it's a clean slate. There's nothing on it. And I am loving that. Oh, isn't it like a nice feeling? It's to so kind of... good. And I mean, I have a bootable backup if I want to, you know, restore from the last known good configuration. Um, but this is really like everything that I'm installing is very intentional, like very, very necessary, right? So everything you're installing sparks joy. Well, yeah, kind of, you know, and I mean, so on Tuesday, we have the Apple event where they're going to announce all of the new, you know, shiny Mm -hmm. things and so on and so forth. And probably not too long after that, uh, will be released iOS 13 and macOS Catalina and, you know, new watchOS and tvOS and all that crap. Um, so I figured, you know what, having a machine that has nearly nothing on it will make for a pretty smooth transition to Catalina. Yeah. Um, and f- I have not run the beta. I don't know if you have, Frank. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, Yes. Uh, but what I've heard, and please fill me in and let me know if I'm wrong about this, but basically everything you do on Catalina for the first time is going to uh, require uh, re-permitting access to like things like your contacts or your location or your camera or your microphone, which um, sounds very annoying. So oh, trust what? me, it is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time... Uh, I think that's so um, th- there's a good thing that comes out of that, too. And and this is something that uh, Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin were talking about on their Back to Work podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, where you can use that as an opportunity for a bit of an attention audit, if you want to call it that, you know, and just as everything pops up. A notification saying like we need access to your this or your that well no you know what maybe you don't and maybe you don't even belong on my machine my machine anymore but at the very least you know speaking to my frustration with notifications uh you can start being you, you get this opportunity to go through and say like no you don't get to give me notifications because quite frankly like they're not useful you know uh, or yes, absolutely, you can have access to my my calendars because you're a calendar app or whatever. So I think that there's, you know, um, a, a nice little opportunity for anyone that's um, installing Catalina um, to just go through and say, hey, uh, this is useful, this is not useful. It's kind of like when you get... Um, email from a newsletter that you're subscribed to in your inbox and you're like uh right i'm gonna unsubscribe because i never have time to read this anyways so fair enough i that that's a nice way of looking at it um i think if if you're more in the like you know when you're really in the groove of things it kind of gets in your way absolutely it, it can definitely be annoying especially with uh development tools because turns out development tools yes. get access to a lot of things, <laughs> which are now which are now more and more <laughs> locked down. Um, like the desktop, for example. Like I would open a project that was saved to my desktop, 
and would be like, Xcode would like to access your desktop. Like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, it's cool. You and I, we're good. Yeah. Access yeah. what you want, man. It's all it's all there for you. Yeah. Um, um, I, I can certainly see that being a bit of a headache. And it would be nice if there were sort of an expert mode. But given, you know, um, again, I feel like this may even be an overabundance of caution on Apple's part to say like, yeah, you know what? Privacy and security and whatnot. Let's just go through and make sure that everything that's on this machine doing and accessing things is doing what it should be and is yeah. expected. And I think what's nice too is it's good to point out that to their credit, they're playing by their own rules. You know, like there's not like they're not letting Xcode, for example, um, kind of skirt around these permissions. Like right it still on. needs to ask for it too. Yeah, I mean, that was a surprise with even calendar on my Mac, you know, that wanted access to my calendars. It's like, well hmm. <laughs> or was it calendar? I don't know. Um, but I got to say, um, all of, uh, or not all of, I, I think that there's a few things that for sure any machine I'm going to install this app on, but there are surprising, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I haven't installed some things that I expected to. So yeah, of course, one password, OmniFocus, they're on this machine right alfred has not come through yet what not yet not yet and i'll explain why though oh my the, god there there are reasons reason the That's first weird. should this ever happen again with my mac i'm gonna have to go back to working on my windows machine now my alfred shortcuts for example for like snippets are super handy um on my Mac, but I don't have access to them on my Windows machine. Mm -hmm. What I might have access to on my Windows machine is something like Text Expander. So I am mm. toying with the idea of going back to Text Expander. Um, that said, like workflows and such in Alfred are also really nice. So I might bring them over, but I never really use them as much as you did. I don't know if you remember from our, our episode on Alfred. Um, so we'll see. Once I feel the pain of not having a specific workflow from Alfred, I'll install it. Otherwise, Spotlight is working fine. You know, it's not an issue. Um, I'm using the built-in calendar app. I'm not using uh, Fantastical or... Um, I don't remember what other calendar <laughs> apps I might have had on this machine. The one thing that I'm looking for that is a little bit um a little bit tough to figure out is uh something to sync markdown files between Windows, iOS and Mac OS. That's the one that's been a little bit of a mm. tough one. Uh because I do a daily and weekly recap retro whatever as we discussed, and these are like, each one is a separate text file, mm -hmm. markdown file. And I'm not sure of a good way to sync those yet. So if you have any tips, let us know at, um, hello at makebeforebreak.com or tweet us at makebeforebreak and let me know what you're using because I could use a, I could use a tip there. 
Why not Evernote? No, 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 I'm just kidding. So how do you, so how does it feel to kind of like start from scratch and to have like this like brand new space, I guess, for you to like play in? Uh, you know, it's really nice to be working with a, a blank slate and it's one of those things that I've done in smaller portions with things like OmniFocus or, you, you know, even, um, I use a budgeting app called YNAB, you need a budget and they give you the opportunity to do a fresh start whenever you want. It just backs up your current budget and you can like then create a brand new one and it just transfers like the basic stuff over and you can start from scratch starting from scratch and OmniFocus also gets rid of like that, you know, side project graveyard that we've talked about and starting from scratch on a Mac is, well, it's a little weird because on the one hand, um, you've got this built in muscle memory for, Oh, I want to go and do the thing. Uh, or Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm used to like, um, this keyboard shortcut is going to do this and I have to set that all up again. So that's a little, you know, annoying. But on the other hand, just opening my applications folder and seeing nothing there or almost nothing there. Also, why is like voice memos not in the utility folder? Why is, you know, a uh, terminal in the utilities folder, but I don't know, something like contacts not. I I don't understand that. But anyways, uh, it's nice to like reevaluate and come back to sort of a more um austere setup you know Mm. i think it's i think it's funny how we don't notice how much clutter we pick up on our machines you know like this has actually got me thinking like every time i reboot um every time i reboot my mac which is something i do often now because i'm switching between catalina and mojave a lot right um so whenever i reboot back into mojave i have this like pop-up for duet display and i mean duet display is a wonderful app but like i pretty much like bought it tried it out once or twice i was like oh wow this is cool apple announced sidecar so i'm like okay well i don't need this anymore but still every time i reboot i have like duet display pops up and i'm like oh man this is like you know like it's not removing it wouldn't be a big change but i'm sure it would get me feel like it would get me to feel better about my computer and my workspace. Yeah, exactly. And there's always just that feeling of if I just drag and drop this into the trash from the applications folder, like, is it fully uninstalled or is there all this cruft that's Mm. still sitting in, you know, libraries and whatever. And that was a thing that back when I was using like Windows XP or Windows 95 even, right? Uh, it was one of those things where it was recommended as if you were a power user to consider just blowing everything away and reinstalling from scratch every so often just to clear out a bunch of crap that would build up, you know, like DLLs and stuff like that. <laughs> Registry keys. Yeah, and... exactly. You know, <laughs> and, and it always it always made your machine feel snappier and faster. And sure, we were dealing with, you know, uh, far less powerful machines than, uh, than we have now, but mm. it was surprising just what a difference that made. I haven't noticed the performance difference on my machine, on my Mac, you know, in the couple of days that I've been using it, but still, 
it's clean. It's nice. It kind of makes it like a more focused little package, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot to be said for that. I think so. I think so. So, yeah, it's um it's been nice. Uh that's been fun. What about you? Any any follow-up from our last discussion? I have one other thing, but like it's a small thing, so I want to check in with you. Yeah, so since last time, uh last time we talked about my conference talk, which uh which went great. I had a lot of fun. Um but since then, I feel like Angelo feel like i've found my groove again oh that's so good that's such a good feeling so i've gotten like back into writing and really like nice full force and it's been it's been good so i released an article what like a couple weeks ago i have one coming out tomorrow which is the part two of that one i have the part three which is let's say like 75 percent done Mm mm-hmm and I have another article that's like 75% done. So really, like, this hasn't felt like a lot of work. And that I, that's what I find is, is really nice. Yeah, exactly. Because before, like, writing always felt like a chore. Like, you know, I had to, like, fight this, like, huge internal battle with myself to sit down in front of a blank page and kind of, like, bang the keyboard and hope whatever comes out um, was worth reading. Uh, but I, I don't know. I kind of, it, it just doesn't feel like that anymore. And I'm not, I'm not too sure why. But I feel like this, just like this conference talk and kind of, like, the energy around it and the like encouragement I've been getting from my peers. Uh, I feel like that has kind of like re-energized me in a really good way. I get that. Yeah. Um, It's, have you changed anything to your workflows, the way you would write or anything like that? Because you had a a pretty good routine already, but I'm wondering if there's anything that uh, might've prompted um, sort of an easier way to get back to writing. Um, I think all I, like, the, the main thing I've changed is that I edit a bit less than I would otherwise. Okay. But aside from that, things have largely stayed the same. In fact, I would say that things are, (laughs) my workflow is probably a bit worse than it was before because up until recently, up until recently, Ulysses wasn't quite working on iOS 13. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say that they just released the beta for <laughs> that works on iOS 13. I'm very happy about that. Thank you, Ulysses team. You're the best. I'll I'll, I'll pray to the iCloud gods that nothing gets um, deleted. <laughs> yeah, right. That was an issue with earlier. Uh, yeah, betas. that was that was a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, but, maybe just uh, a bit. A slight, uh, a slight, uh, slight hiccup. But yeah, so. So that's been that's been really good. I feel empowered to keep going. I feel good about what I'm writing. I feel like the content is relevant and I'm just really I'm just really happy with how things are going. That's amazing. That that is really good. Um I have a similar kind of thing where uh last episode I mentioned that this, you know, theme that I've built for the Hugo static um mm-hmm. website rendering um engine 
word thing. Um, like this theme that I created was going to be broken by some uh, some functions that got deprecated, so I had to fix it or they'd remove it from the gallery. And I was like, oh no, this is a thing that I've put out there that actually more than three people check out, you know? So I should fix this. And I did a whole bunch of work on that and just kind of got into this a similar like groove again on working on things. And part of that was because I had to like work on this in windows where, okay. you know, I had to like set up a workflow for being able to do this. And, you know, um, part of it was also just because I needed to fix this or else, you know, like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for myself, it was prompted by having to like rethink the way I do things because the windows machine as well was basically, uh, stock windows install with just a browser a couple of extra browsers installed there was no other nothing else on there so i had to set that up to be able to work so the process of you know creating paths to go from this is literally just like a, a clean slate machine to being able to be productive was i think one of the things that prompted being able to um to get my groove back. So that's why I was asking for you if there was any difference. And it sounds like being able to use your main writing tool, Ulysses, again, reliably, was probably helpful. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. Now, at the end of your talk, you mentioned like, hey, I'm, you know, uh, working on coaching and, and uh, you know, training, training and-, and so on. So like, I don't know if that's, it was that kind of the first time that you've put that out there to a large audience on a like you know a video recording as well that people will see and yeah did that, absolutely did that um, have any uh sort of like do you think that might have had an effect on kind of kicking your butt because you had public ag- <laughs> a- accountability oh yes <laughs> absolutely um, and it's nice to see kind of like the the emails start trickling in onto the newsletter like I've been following the stats for this and it it's nice, you know, whenever yeah. whenever you see like random people like it no one needed I didn't need to coerce anyone into like, you know, like enter your email. Yeah, no kidding. They did it on their own. Like, That's wow. so good. I remember when you uh, you know, threatened me <laughs> to uh, where I had to sign up and it was, you know, it's it's not a great user experience, but I get it. Sometimes you got to go to dark patterns, you know. No, uh, for the record, Frank has never threatened me. He's a very thoughtful guy. So kind of moving on, um, I like what you mentioned about how you kind of found your groove uh, just by, you know, setting up a new workflow and setting up a new environment and kind of like learning to do things a different way. Because this is like, this has really got me thinking. Like, I, I often feel this as well. Whenever I start something new, you know, I really like, dive in a hundred percent and kind of like learn everything there is to know about the subject. So I do this like in, with my hobbies. So things Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, say I remember like years ago when I started playing Hearthstone on iPad, I was like, okay, I have to learn everything there is to know about Hearthstone. Right. Um, and even when I was younger, I started learning, uh, I started learning Japanese and I was like, Oh, I have to learn everything there is to know about Japanese. (laughs) And, kind of in that spirit 
I have kind of come across something that has really ignited my curiosity once again. Nice. Tell me. I feel like this is a bit of a rabbit hole, but shorthand writing is something that is that I find completely fascinating. Okay, like let's define first of all what shorthand writing is. It's not like writing in like with you sort of implements that are for people with smaller hands. <laughs> Oh, no, actually. Uh, so shorthand writing is a technique. I think it's used a lot by journalists um, in order to write faster. And essentially, it's a sort of code or a way uh, to write down, like to write sentences uh, on paper using a pen. So, you know, it's not exactly something you can do at a computer, uh, but it's a way to write um, and just like to write faster so essentially with a lot of these things what you're doing is like you're you're condensing words um you're dropping vowels they'll have special glyphs to uh to represent like different sounds and all of this i find is incredibly fascinating hang on let me let me actually send you an example yeah just send it to me in the robot so here it is so it's basically like a, you know, it's it's not even just a question of, I use abbreviations, but this is, I mean, I'm looking at this picture and this is like, it's hieroglyphics, you know, it, <laughs> I know it's right? literally it's all like a secret code. So, um, you know, I think this was featured on an episode of the X-Files perhaps. Really? No, I'm joking, but it looks uh, like it. But uh, so, yeah. So anyways, I've kind of been like digging into this. I heard about this on the Hello Internet podcast with uh, Gray and Brady because Brady used to be um, he used to be a journalist and he actually like writes shorthand, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I find incredible. It's like, wow, you have your own secret code. That's so cool. And yeah, and I know like. This seems like a skill that, at least for myself, wouldn't be very useful. But it looks like something that it would be a lot of fun to learn. <laughs> so, I don't know. What should, so what should I do, Angela? This is cool. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely this is not something that you can easily do with a keyboard. But, you know, uh, I've always wondered, you see like court reporters, uh, not court reporters, sorry, stenographers. The folks mm. that are, you know, sitting there uh, to the to the right of the judge and are just typing away on this tiny little, like, improbably small typewriter, and they're just going at it. And uh, I feel like they probably have a technique that sort of reflects this for the keyboard age. Yeah, Perhaps, absolutely. Maybe. I, you know, I may also not know what the heck I'm talking about, which is very likely the case. I remember seeing a talk... I remember seeing a conference talk a few years ago by a stenographer who would actually use steno to code. Wow. Yeah. I'll see if I can find that and stick it in the show notes. Um, I'll do it. I'll have to do a bit of digging. Yeah, no kidding. But, at, you know, that just sounds like how would that even work with your you know like how how do you make an if else statement with 
that kind of thing? Or was it just they were using this for function and variable names? Like, I, that's, I don't know. I am curious to find out. I would like to know more. <laughs> what you could use this for, I mean, so another thing I was uh, whining about, because it's what I do uh, in the last episode, was how I, you know, have this iPad Pro. And you, uh, again, threatened me to get a pencil for it, saying that it would change my life. And I got a pencil for it. And mostly it just kind of sticks to the side of the iPad. Oh, no. But, but, then I found out about GoodNotes. Which, uh, this is like a killer app for iPad with a pencil. It's it's amazing. Um so I'll describe what it does, but I'll put a link in the show notes as well. It's essentially just a notebook that you get uh, as an app and you can use your pencil to write and it will store it as like notes. You can export these notes as like PDFs or as images or what have you. But, and this is, I mean, I'm blown away by how well it does this. It will also um, do handwriting recognition on your notes so that you can search them, which is bonkers. Incredible, right? It's unbelievable how good this well, how well this works. Uh, it's so good that I forgot grammar. It's really, really amazing because my writing is like I write in cursive. Right. For the most part, you've seen my writing. It's not really particularly pretty, but GoodNotes was able to search and find things. And not only that, if I export that as a PDF, I can tack on like metadata for handwriting recognition. So it looks at it as like a OCR um, yeah, like document. Yeah, like a typed up document. Yeah, exactly. Or you can you can select something. Uh, and then you can tell GoodNotes to convert that to text, and it puts it on your clipboard so that you can just paste it in somewhere. It's it's really unbelievable. And I've talked about in the past, you know, I I, I have notebook after notebook after notebook of my day to day notes for planning and and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I really love writing, but it's impossible to search. Right. So um, I don't think that's going to go away. I don't think this is going to replace it uh, for, you know, just my day-to-day stuff. I really don't. Um, And I think that's just because uh, there's something about the scratching of pen on paper that isn't quite there with the pencil and the iPad, you know? But it, it's still pretty good. So I can see, you know, keeping the uh, the day-to-day stuff still in notebooks. But for things like right now I'm reading a book. I'm taking notes on the book. And having the PDF and a notebook for, you know, reading notes open in separate tabs in GoodNotes. So I can, like, highlight and mark up the PDF of the book while at the same time making notes in like, mm-hmm. you know, just with a pencil uh, and be able to search them. That gets very, very interesting, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, that is uh, that is very cool. I am really liking this app. I'll, I'll echo your sentiment of the fact that like handwriting doesn't as 
the feeling of handwriting on an iPad is not quite there yet. Because it still feels like you're writing on a sheet of glass, right? Yeah, yeah. But, man, these apps, like, good notes. And I think, what's the other one? I think it's called Handy Notes. Like, these two apps um, are so good at what they do. I'm I'm not familiar with Handy Notes. I've heard Notability is really, really good. Oh, Notability is the other one. Um, yes, that's absolutely. One I think that can also record audio while you're taking notes. So, like, if you're in class or whatever, you can, like link when you're writing a certain thing to like something that you know the lecturer was saying or whatever right um yeah yeah it, it it's all just it's cool you know and Can there's you, no like, notifications <laughs> hey but uh yeah but i think when whenever you kind of discover a tool like this and you and you know you like genuinely think like wow like this is something i want to use this is something i can see myself using it's always important to kind of like take a step back and try and figure out like where does this fit yeah absolutely you know because if you don't figure out where it fits you're just going to end up deleting it like duet display right mm -hmm. after this podcast yeah um <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> well but again like I think it's important for us to like audit our tools and kind of keep the cruft down because that's what, you know, that that's what makes, that's what keeps our environment nice to work in. Yeah. And I mean, even taking it a step further and as you said, before you even try using a thing like, or, or buying anything or whatever, you know, uh, the idea of responsible consumption mm -hmm. is a good thing too, you know? Um, so that's what's going on right now with my Mac. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very selective about what I'm putting back on here just because as you pointed out in the last episode, everything that you're, you're bringing into your life is like a thing you've got to maintain at some point, you know? And yeah, for sure. The, you know, you, you don't notice it as much on a device because you, you just see the, the, you know, the display and maybe a keyboard or whatever. And then you don't, it's not like your device gets heavier with every app that you install, right? <laughs> like, but extending the metaphor to, you know, the physical space, you know, there has to like, there has to be a spot in your life and in your space, um, and your workflows and whatever for the things. And if there isn't, uh, you know, really think about what the point is. And it's fine. Right. You know, I'm not trying to make some big point or whatever, but like, uh, I think just being thoughtful that way can make a difference in general. Yeah. Like, like, um, you know the epidemic of people feeling great after they like conmari their house. Yeah, right. Um, I think the same thing can happen with like if you conmari your computer, right? Yeah, sure. Or like conmari your iPad or your iPhone and cut down on notifications and cut yeah. down on the things that distract you. And yeah, you're going to end up feeling a lot better. I'm um strongly considering that from here on out. Because, again, most things are now synced to the cloud. With every new device, I'm just going to set it up from scratch. 
you know, new iPhone, mm-hmm. who dis? <laughs> you know, just start from scratch. Yes, of course, I'm going to install, you know, one password and OmniFocus. And then aside from that, I don't know. Let's see. I haven't even set up email accounts on my Mac yet. Can you believe that? Congratulations. <laughs> well, because I've decided I'm not doing email anymore. Send me a letter. You, you've declared uh, email bankruptcy? I've declared a war on email. I don't think that's going to work out in my uh, in my favor, though. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so anything else that you've been, uh, like, learning about or other, you know, uh, quick tips or that you've got in mind or wanted to share? I definitely, I definitely have a small gripe. Uh, and that is, it's not me. This multi time, folks. <laughs> quick to get out your potato farming hats. Um, multi-line text fields and apps where you need to hit shift plus enter in order to break to a new line. To me, Oh my goodness, there is nothing more annoying than learning that the hard way. Now, there's only one app that comes to mind, um, and that's Slack, where I need to hold shift and enter to enter a new line, unless I put in like the three back ticks, and then as I'm typing like in mm-hmm. a code block, I don't have to, until I close the code block with another three back ticks. And I always forget, so you end up with like this message that gets posted that's half text and half code right. block but like not even a complete code block um so and then everyone gets notified of your message and then yeah. they arrive and, they're and like, then i'm what like okay this? now i've got five minutes to edit this i better move quickly because you know somebody's gonna be like you don't know how to slack um, right. and then you have like the sweat is dripping down your forehead and you're trying to like finish your message it's terrible was it's terrible sent kind of so what experience have you had where you've come up against this, you know, absolutely just <laughs> ridiculous way? It's it's <laughs> just, why are you doing this? So for me, it happened in Notion. I was uh, editing a comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, no, I was adding a comment and then I wanted to break to a new line. So I hit enter. I'm like, okay, this is a giant text box. Like, of course, if I hit enter, it's going to break to a new line, but no. So... It didn't. So I was like, okay, I'll edit. And then I always have to like kind of try and figure out like, oh, is it like command enter? Is it shift enter? And I'm like just trying out yeah. the different combinations to figure out like, okay, this app, which freaking combination is it to break to a new line, you know? Yeah, I think with Notion that happens with comments, but not text blocks in the actual page. But if you're commenting on a page or commenting on a text block or whatever, that's when it happens. Um, Notion is really cool. If you've never used it, you can try it out for free. Um, and we use it to like do some organization around this podcast. I don't know if you use mm-hmm. it for anything else. Um, but there are a couple of little things that are uh, non-standard. And right. that makes it... Uh, that can make it a little frustrating. Like sometimes clicking on a link will open a link in a new page. Sometimes, you know, right clicking on a link and saying copy link will just get you a link to the block of text or whatever in Notion. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes you have to like command click to open it or whatever. Uh, So 
that can get a little bit um well it can get a little bit irritating but uh i get yeah, why that happens more, too and and it's and it's not so much about you know like oh i added a comment and then suddenly i can't write anymore so i have to like uh go and click edit like that's not the problem the problem is more like i have this half finished thought that everyone is going to get notified of right according to their own yep. notification settings and that to me is just like ah oh, it's dreadful so i don't know how we fix this but the way i see it like if you have any kind of like multi-line input if multi-line input is possible hitting enter hitting only enter should go to a new line right and if that's not what you wanted then you can like backspace and you know click send or whatnot but at least it's not you know turning on the rube goldberg machine of push notifications for everyone yeah definitely i i do think that there's a setting for that in slack but that might just be for code blocks that you add to a slack message yeah i think it's for code blocks yeah or like when you when you do the first line break the line like Every time you hit enter afterwards, it's like a normal line break. Right, it's, right. Yeah. Uh, Alas. Yeah. Hey, this software stuff is difficult to get right. It is, it is. And it's going to be a little different for everyone. So, you know, I get that. I don't want to, like, I don't want to disparage any developers. I know that this stuff is hard and you're making trade-offs, you know? Yeah. But for the love of cookies, just, you know... <laughs> line breaks come on just like tabs no in a code editor tabs will always be four spaces sorry that's just how it is end of story yeah but if it's encoded as tabs then you can set the spacing that you want in your code editor and everyone can have different spacing angela you mean wrong spacing (laughs) i want you know i want to promote good tab space hygiene which is to say no tabs. No, no, no. I'm I'm just joking. It's funny. I saw a tweet this week where someone was like was like, "Oh, it's too peaceful here. Vim is better than Emacs." Or like, "Oh, it's too peaceful here. Emacs is better than Vim." Voila. I feel like that's what we're doing. That's basically what we're doing. Yeah. Just like toss a grenade into the room and walk out and see what happens. <laughs> um, which is, you know, generally not going to get Chew invited back to the party. Uh, yeah, well, you know, computers are hard. And uh, it's really worthwhile wiping them completely and starting from scratch just to make it a little easier for yourself. Possibly. I don't know. What, what's our takeaway from today? Yeah, I feel like that's it. And essentially kind of, you know, I like the idea of auditing the things that you use and the notifications that you receive in order to create, you know, a better space and a better environment for you to work in. Mm -hmm. It's something that's been at the forefront of my mind. It's actually one of the articles that I'm writing that's like about 75% done. Nice. Um, We can talk about it in a few weeks. But yeah, it's all about, you know, distractions and kind of like auditing the things that pull on your attention and kind of getting a handle on that. Yeah, it's almost something that uh, is worth doing 
periodically, you know, in the same way that we talk about doing, you know, your weekly review or mm-hmm. doing an annual retro or whatever. Yeah, maybe once in a while. Even if it's just, you know, every time you get a new device, just do it from scratch. Yeah, open open like the time tracking stuff on uh, on iOS and like you know, <laughs> yeah. go go to the notification section and see like okay, which apps are sending me notifications. And that's something that I think is really fantastic with iOS. I think I think it was introduced in iOS 12 where you can manage notifications right from the notification. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's, that's nice. That's just like that's like getting that email and just hitting the unsubscribe link right in the email, you know? Right. Marketers will hate this. Mm. Oh, well. Well, that's their problem for ruining the world. Oh, my God. I I, I think about, like, the past things I've worked on and, like, the amount of effort that went into showing a badge on, like, on, like, a tab bar. It's like, okay, no, if the person opens the app for, you know, the, the X for, like, this third time and they haven't been here yet and this other business rule then show a badge so we make sure we get engagement yeah uh, yeah i mean no. like some notifications are very useful don't get me wrong i don't absolutely want, you know uh if you're like me and you do not drink enough water in a day getting a little notification saying like hey um how about a drink of water uh is not a bad thing you know um so I, I don't want to pretend that these are terrible things, but um, it's just a question of figure out what matters and use that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Mindfulness. Sure. It works. Sure. Let, let's call it that. All right. Um, let's wrap this up. Frank, uh, anything you want listeners to check out? Yeah, if you're interested in iOS network layers, check out my website, ioscoachfrank.com. I have a bunch of content already on there and coming out on, you know, building network layers that aren't awful. And follow me on Twitter at Frankacy. What about you, Angelo? Uh, yeah, no, um, I've been working on this Indigo theme a little bit more. There's still a lot of work to do for getting it, uh, you know, to, I think, be a little slicker. But if you're curious, you can go to uh, hello-indigo.glitch.me to see a demo of it. And uh, from the readme, you should be able to get to the um, to the to GitHub repo if you're using Hugo for your blog and you're interested in something like this. That's everything for me. Uh, Frank, any last, any parting words? Deep thoughts? Just be nice to each other, everyone. I can, I can, I'll drink to that at, wait, it's 1130 in the morning. (laughs) I will definitely co-sign that one. Take care, Frank. Peace out, Angelo. See ya. You've been listening to Make Before Break, a podcast about the struggle in doing meaningful work. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you left a review on iTunes. We don't do ads, so if you'd like to help offset our production costs, you can buy us a coffee. Links are in this episode's show notes. 
Visit us on the web at makebeforebreak.com, follow us on Twitter at makebeforebreak, or send an email to hello at makebeforebreak.com. Thank you.